Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. How bad was the intel? It had to be bad intel, right? There's no other way you have a pull out of Afghanistan this completely inept. You put the embassy in such danger that you have to send 5,000 Marines back in to evacuate the embassy. Literally, you have thousands of Afghans. Afghanis, sorry. On, at the airport trying to get on planes. Because the Taliban has taken over the country in less than a month. The reporting now says that we knew there would be massive fall of these cities, and yet there were people not paying attention on the highest levels of power. General Mark Milley saying that everything in Afghanistan would be in good order. They would be able to handle us, the United States, stepping away. How wrong was he? And is this an intelligence failure or is this a failure of our military? How should this have happened? Yes, there's the political fallout with Joe Biden. There's a political fallout in what this means for him. And there are already people talking that the reason you've got media going at the Biden administration is that they're all getting ready for President Kamala Harris. Well, everything's possible. The question is what's probable. What we do know is Afghanistan has fallen. How could it have been avoided? What should have happened? And what happens now? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz. The phone number, 833-468-8669. Mike Lyons joins us right now. Major Mike Lyons, West Point graduate, somebody who has been in the War Institute, uh, done his work with CBS News Radio as their military analyst. Let's take a moment and start going through the tactics. You have President Trump who wanted to do a pullout uh, from Afghanistan. He referring to it as endless wars, not wanting to be there forever. Clearly, Joe Biden wanted to remove U.S. troops from Afghanistan after 20 years as well. Talk to me about how it should have happened and then compare it to how it did happen. That leads us to this moment. Okay, Tony, so what should have happened first was we should have gotten Afghans out months ago. Okay, we saw this a few – we saw this months ago where there was concern about getting interpreters and people that had worked with us. Once the decision was made, um, let's say January 20th when Biden takes over or when that – whatever that took place, the bottom line – because that was going to be the long pole in the tent. That was going to be the hardest thing to do is to figure that out. And then we come to find out that the administration really wasn't interested in doing that. They wanted to lower that number. And as it turns out, that's what Joe Biden did when he was a senator back in 1975. He didn't agree to actually bring a lot of those Vietnamese um, refugees back to the United States. But so be as it may, we, don't, we didn't really know the number, you know, 20,000, 25,000. The bottom line is it's a huge logistical challenge. So that's the first thing that should have been solved. Now so, let me hold you up right there. We're talking about the people, the actual uh, people from Afghanistan 
who right. were supporting U.S. military operations, acting as translators, acting as support staff, took the side of the United States because they knew the Taliban w- was horrific. That's who we're referring to, correct? Correct, and and making the assumption that they're going to be the most danger when this all was going to go down, if, if and when it went down. So making the assumption that if Americans are going out last, and, and while it's a risky mission, especially from the military's perspective, that they're the ones most protected. If they're going to take hostages, they were going to take American hostages because um, of the Afghan uh, uh, civilians, for example, that, that work with us, they were clearly the most in danger. So that, that's the first problem that there should have been a, an extensive plan for, and that should have been well underway, well underway before. Now, now you've got 30,000 people sitting at the airport where now everyone's going to be a hostage. If the Taliban – it's been a linchpin for the last few days. If the Taliban decides to shut the airport down by themselves – um, they could do that. The next thing you know, we've got we're, we're negotiating terms of surrender and reparations. There's a little secret here, by the way, just so we're all clear. There are no American troops there right now. I talked to folks this morning at Fort Bragg. They're still sitting on the tarmac. They're, they haven't left yet. So um, that's why the, the the airport's closed. I mean, we're we're, we're like projecting that that we've got seven thousand troops there helping out, and they're they're not there. So the wait, 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 wait. Talking to Major Mike Lyons, uh, former CBS News Radio military analyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to make sure I understand you. President Biden has been saying, the State Department has been saying they're going to send 5,000 troops yeah. to assist with uh, the evacuation of the embassy. We've seen helicopters uh, near the yeah. embassy. You've seen planes mm-hmm. that have uh, Afghanis holding on to it for dear life uh, mm-hmm. because they want to leave the country. And you're telling me there are no U.S. troops in Afghanistan right now? No, they're not. There, there are a few U.S. troops. You've got some Marines that were always there before. There are there are scattered pockets of U.S. troops. There's not the five thousand that they're, they've been talking about. They're not. Um, the, the the there is literally plane loads sitting at Fort Bragg waiting to go. Now they're teed up, ready to go. They're just not there yet, and that's because they can't get there. They just they're not. It's not possible. This thing happens so quickly. So, um, you know, if, if we had 5,000 troops there uh, right now, Tony, you don't think that we would be able to control that airfield and keep the Afghans off the airfield? Of course we don't. We, of course we, I'm sorry. Of course we would be able to do that. But we don't have them there. We don't, we don't have them there at all. So, so whether or not they even get there, I think, is a concern right now. We, I have not been I, – I cannot get over the amount of misinformation coming out of our government right now. I think a lot of it just has to do with – look, I, I'm patriotic, obviously. Want, I want our country to win. But I think a lot of it's just misinformation to just misdirect the enemy into thinking that we have it there. I really believe that's part of it. Talking to Major Mike Lyons. Now let's get to uh, continue this tactical. You would have first evacuated the Afghanis who were assisting the United States. Mm-hmm. What would be the next step? Well, so the next step are civilians, um, civilians and family members that are next get risk. Um, any of uh, individual soldiers and any of the military that are there and even some of the embassy, uh, they know the risks of working in a foreign embassy, some of the State Departments, but let their families go. So get all the family members out. So that's uh, something that's been practiced in Germany and Europe for years and Japan and places like that, South Korea, the NEO plan in order to get 
those, that group of people out. So now we're talking that should have happened 60 days ago. So if the Afghan plan was 60 days before that, you know, the three months, 120 days prior to this is when all of this should have started. And 60 days ago, the, the the civilians are gone. So now the only people that are left are the key personnel within the embassy and any last military personnel. And that would have been step three. But within all of this, you come to the horrifying realization that the Afghan military was absolutely not prepared to handle the Taliban at all. The moment the first bullet got fired, they said, we, we give up. They, they left. They walked away. They're willing to give. They're, they're trying to get into other countries. Here, take this, this U.S. hardware, all of it. Mm-hmm. There's conversation about how the intel, about uh, whether the, the strength of the Taliban or the weakness of, of the Afghan military, mm-hmm. people were discussing it, but it didn't get to the right sources. So let's start with number one. We spent 20 years in Afghanistan. We spent 15 years training these people, and this is the best we could do? Exactly. Um, you know, you, you talk to people I've talked to over there said the Americans were doing what they do best. They trained. They did what they could do. They provided the equipment. Um, it just was a bridge too far to expect them to, you know, absorb this national colors of their their country in, in order to fight for this thing called Afghanistan. People there are still fundamentally very tribal, and even within the armed forces themselves, there's tremendous levels of corruption up and down the list. And um, we should have seen the past few months as the Taliban was taking back places in ungoverned spots within Afghanistan and the Afghan security forces doing nothing about it. So, again, when we spoke last week, convinced there's other towns just north in the Northern Alliance. They were were barbarians at the gate right very soon where we saw indications that they weren't going to fight. And that's at that point when we should have said, this is not going to happen. We've got to accelerate everything right now. So they, we saw as the Taliban roll over the country in 30 days, and I mean less, less than, than mm-hmm. 30 days, then not only roll over Kabul, uh, but take the presidential palace. You had the United States trying to offer bribes uh, regarding attacks on, on the embassy. Talk to me about how the Taliban tactically sees the United States right now. Are those U.S. citizens still there? To kill U.S. citizens or to capture U.S. citizens means bad things for them. Does that mean they have the self-control to not do it? I, that's a great question. I'm not sure. And the question is, where else are they getting their military advice from? Because you look back in history, and this is you know, the analogy people are using is Saigon. I, I think Dunkirk's a better analogy. Because right now they're surrounded in a landlocked country. There's nothing they can do. And you're right. For the Taliban to full out go after and and kill uh, Americans there would create a crisis that perhaps could bring us back to Afghanistan, as crazy as that would sound. But but the bottom line is they still hold all the cards because they're surrounding the airport. This is where you know if I'm the Taliban, I'm not letting seven thousand new troops come into the country. I mean, and so how's that? How do we assuming that that's going to happen? Um, we just have to see. We just have to see what exactly they're going to do. They're going to might they might want all those prisoners. They might not let us take 
those people out of the country. And if you do the math on it, 20,000 people at the airport it would take us to, what, Christmas time? We don't have the kind of lift capability to move 20,000 people, and that's the low number, to move those com- that, that kind of numbers out of Afghanistan. So, again, the next few days are going to be more telling as to what's going to happen, what exactly the Taliban is going to let us do. But to make the assumption that we're going to get everybody out of there by the end of the month or something I saw from the White House today is just more lunacy. Well, uh, there's a conversation of what the Taliban's willing to let us to do, and then there's the conversation of what we're going to do, regardless of whether the Taliban likes it. I want to start talking about China, about Russia, and and about Iran. Can you hold on for a few minutes? Can you stick sure. around with us? Yep, can do. For a little bit? Talking to Major Mike Lyons. You can follow him on Twitter, M-A-J, Major Mike Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S, M-A-J, Mike Lyons on Twitter. Follow him there. In the meantime, Nielsen, those are the ratings people, saying that 30 million Americans are tuning into Newsmax TV. Uh, it, that is actually one of the biggest media stories in the country. They're available on all the major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you could still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TV, Samsung, LG, and more. Or go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. It also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, TiVo, and 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. Super easy to download it onto your phone, and there's no paywall, no subscription, so you can watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime Anywhere, you know President Trump is a fan of Newsmax. Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax. Go to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a news source just for you. Watch Newsmax TV today. So let's get into the part two of this conversation. Part one was when we take a look at Afghanistan. Well, how should this pullout have been done? And clearly, there was a tactical way to do these things, and it wasn't done by the Biden administration. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. Major Mike Lyons joins us right now, former CBS News Radio military analyst, a war college man, and a guy who knows how these things should be run. Now let's talk quickly about the intelligence. We brought it up briefly before. Let's get into it again. There's the intelligence of whether or not the Afghan military was really prepared to handle the Taliban or handle anything. And then there was the intelligence about whether or not the Taliban was really prepared to overrun the entire country. This is a failure. A massive failure, no matter which way you look at it. The question is, who is to blame and what will happen to them? Or is it a whole bunch of Spider-Man pointing fingers at Spider-Man as the meme would go and nothing will happen? Yeah, Tony, I think it's that meme, unfortunately. And the intelligence community just kind of hides behind that intelligence failure um, at, at times. Or that gets kind of pinned, the rose gets pinned on them for that. Um, they'll say that uh, you know they they could have predicted it coming, and they told that the Biden administration, but that the Biden administration ignored it. Um, you can argue that the military should have had a better plan. The Pentagon should have had figured out a way to get more people out at the time, and should have started the plan a lot earlier. So uh, there's a lot of fingers that are going to get pointed. I don't think anyone's going to be relieved over at this point. The, the four-star that was in charge is long gone. He's been gone about a month now. Um, it's been turned over to CENTCOM 
from a military perspective. And um, for the first time in a long time, you see the military failing to prepare, and I think that by doing that, you, you've now failed, and I think that's you know, really the, the issue that's going on here. But failing is, is, is one thing. What do we do about it? It seems that we see these failures time and again. No one gets fired. General Mark Milley, will he still have a job? Will any of these other generals still have a job? Will any of these intel officials still have a job? Is there something that is done to these people? Or, and maybe the follow-up is, what would you like to see done? Well, I think, you know, th- this president actually did not have a great relationship with the Pentagon to begin with. I think um, you go back to 2011 when he didn't want to do Osama bin Laden. You go back to a lot of different things in history. And in this case, he puts his foot down, says he wants out of Afghanistan. Uh, it's likely that the previous commander said we should keep the residual force there of 2,500. And it's likely the Pentagon wanted to do that as well. Um, so uh, whether General Milley, as the chairman, bears the responsibility, I mean, his more or less is, is not necessarily in the direct chain of command, but he did get up a few months ago and said things were going well. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it's going to matter. I, I, I think that from a going forward perspective, there's still a lot of things that could go wrong that we just have to cross our fingers and hope they don't go wrong, because I'm worried about a pivoting in another military situation right now. I, I don't think the military was hurt now that they were, like, let's say, after Vietnam. But now let's say the Chinese decide to do something with Taiwan right now. Are we going to be able to deploy our military, and will people have the confidence in in this administration to do that properly? And that is correct. Do the people of Taiwan have the faith in us? Would the people of Ukraine have the faith in us? Talking to Major Mike Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S. Let's now get into the part two. In the U.S. pullout, we left millions, if not billions, of dollars of U.S. hardware. We left Humvees. We left a Scan Eagle drones that come uh, from from Boeing at three to four million dollars a pop. We left MRAPs and other uh, vehicles. We left a tremendous amount of U.S. hardware that is now in the hands of the Taliban, which you assume is going to get sold to the highest bidder in in Iran, in Russia, or in China. Is the fear that they're going to utilize the technology, or is the fear they're going to study the technology and then build their own? Well, we saw convoys heading to Iran. I think they'll likely study it. Um, they'll, they'll look at it and see what they can do to try to replicate it, but um, you know, put it in the right hands. I'm a little bit more concerned about Black Hawk helicopters they have and trained Afghan pilots if they decide to uh, you know, use that kind of capability. They've got more Black Hawks now than other countries that are living out there. So um, while they can try to replicate it, at some point they run out of spare parts and they don't have the technology to necessarily maintain it, uh, it's still very embarrassing. I'm told that, frankly, the first few air, air missions that we flew over um, Afghanistan in the past few weeks were not about uh, the stopping the Taliban, but they were stopping some uh, the equipment to being destroyed. And I'm sure they're having conversations right now as to whether or not they should go after the embassy or go after some other places that uh, that still hold some critical information. Major Mike Lyons, I, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, bef- before I let you go, in, in 30 seconds or, or less, will, do you s- see the United States having to go back into Afghanistan? Are we about to say, you know what, we never should have pulled out, we're going back in, we're going to be there for another five years? For us to do that right now would take fifty to 60,000 troops, maybe even up to 100,000. We'd have to do similar to what we did after 9-11. We'd have to now eject the Taliban from 
Kabul, it's a mission that the military can do. You'd see tens of thousands of civilian casualties. So I think that those that, that ship has sailed um, in a landlocked country. It's going to take um, a bigger military plan and a military operation, um, similar to what happened if, um, you know, in, in Desert Storm, had the Iraqis attacked the 24th Infantry Division as they were getting off the boats, it would have taken us four years to get back to Iraq. I think that's the same situation happening here. It's going to take us a long time. Major Mike Lyons, I appreciate you taking the time. You know, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different angles for this story, and I'm, we're hitting them all. Uh, don't worry, I, I also talk about UFOs. Yeah, that actually, that actually happened. You might want to stick around. This is Tony Katz today. So as we've been reporting, what went from Joe Biden in total hiding because of what's going on in Afghanistan, picture the scenario. You failed to deliver on two key issues, being able to keep Americans safe in Afghanistan and the promises made to all those people, all those Afghanis who worked with the U.S. military, who if left there, they're left for dead. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. All of those people who worked with the U.S. military will get slaughtered by the Taliban. It's already being reported the Taliban is is killing, the Taliban is beheading people. You've got uh, Afghan Afghanis who worked with the U.S. military, who know that they won't get out now, they were lied to, burning any record they have of working with the U.S. military so they don't get killed. And then Joe Biden is nowhere to be seen. And Kamala Harris is nowhere to be seen. And Jen Psaki took the week off. Jen Psaki took a vacation now? What are you, nuts? It's all hands on deck right now. And she's like, I have to get my me time. And you heard that the, the president will be speaking about what's going on in Afghanistan in a few days. What do you mean in a few days? What the bloody, what in the bloody mother bloody is a few days? But now, as we've been discussing, it's getting reported that he's going to make remarks from the East Room. And that's going to be at, wait, hold on. When is, is that? Is that 3.30? 3.45. Is that 3.45? At 3.45. So I, I got to assume Hammer and Nigel are going to have it live uh, at com. Right, so you're going to want to be listening to that. You might want to just clear room now, guys, on the on, on the news schedule, because holy crap, what's he going to say? I'll tell you this: if he starts laying into, we were given a bad deal, uh, you know, by our by our predecessor, because they've been trying to pull that line. This is all Trump's fault. That is garbage trash. Well, I won't. I will not. Will not listen to it. You can make the argument. I, I got to tell you, a good piece on this comes from, uh, of all people, Senator Ben Sass in National Review, the senator from Nebraska. And I believe he makes the same mistake discussing uh, President Trump. But his argument is actually a little broader, is that we as a nation have not handled terrorism properly. And we have to stay. He makes a, di- a secondary point. That, you know, we keep calling this never-ending wars, but it wasn't never-ending war. It was a small footprint of forward-deployed forces because you have to keep these people at bay. 
Now, we have agreement and disagreement about this as rational people, about whether or not that's a long-term strategy. My issue is not the destruction of Afghanistan. If the Afghans won't protect themselves, that ain't none my business. My issue certainly goes to the idea of you promised these people who worked with you that, uh, you know, that you'd help them. And then you let them down. What does that say? And, and, and it, I think the point is made by Sass. What are you telling the people of Taiwan? What are you telling the people of Ukraine? When you leave these Afghanis to die. Sorry, that's a kick-ass point. That's legit. It isn't legit that, oh, Trump did this. No. I'm even one of the people who said at the time, if, if, if we're talking about trying to create some kind of 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 deal with uh the 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 Taliban I think I think that's pretty awkward I think that's that's pretty that I think that's problematic you can't trust the Taliban why would you even try to trust the Taliban what what a, what a mistake that is but you have done something, Joe Biden, in a way that guaranteed failure. You left behind billions of dollars of U.S. hardware that will get sold to the Chinese, sold to the Iranians, sold to the, the Russians. They will be able to learn from our technology, and then it'll be used against Americans. There's a lot here. But don't tell me, well, you know, Trump made a deal and Biden had to do it. No, he didn't. He could have done anything he wanted, just like he's done in every other way. But no part of that deal was take out all the troops and not do anything about the embassy. It's his fault. And the comparisons to Saigon and the fall of Saigon, I'm going to leave that to others who have a better understanding of the history of the fall of Saigon than I. I will give you the the 30,000-foot view of it. Yeah, it's legit. You have an you have an embassy that you left for dead, and then had to go back and do what your best to, to to get people and to save people. This is all Joe Biden. Every bit of it is Joe Biden. And then, of course, it was Joe Biden nowhere to be seen. And now he's going to speak today. I'm so curious. But if he gets into blaming Trump, laugh out loud. Now I heard an interesting take on 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 this. It wasn't my plan to to dig into this, but but allow me. I heard an interesting take on this um, from uh, from a friend of mine who said, "You know, here's my take. They won't be talking about this come September." And I said, "What? No, no, no. They'll be on to something else. It's the left." They will have found something else that's far worse, and the news won't cover this. And a month from now, this will be forgotten. It's Afghanistan who actually cares. You know, everyone's buying into this idea. You know, everybody knew we were going to lose. You you hear this again and again and again. You have people saying, well, everyone everyone knew we were going to lose. Did you hear this from Brian Stelter right here? Was this inevitable, Carissa? 
I think the American people accepted this defeat a long time ago. And I hate saying that. I just that's my perception based on polling, based on on you know all the experiences we have as reporters. They accepted that the US lost in Afghanistan. But now here we are Sunday talking about the Taliban actually entering the city, taking control of security checkpoints in the Afghan capital. Was this inevitable? Americans accepted that the U.S. lost in Afghanistan? I don't, I don't think that's, that's the case, but what a bit of spin from, from uh, Tokyo Rose over here doing anything to protect Biden, just like he did for Chris Cuomo in CNN. Chris Cuomo wouldn't talk about his brother feeling up every staffer he ever had and there's Brian Stelter saying, well, you know, CNN came down hard on him, and hey, it's just such a great organization. I heard Jeff Zucker said, if I do a good job in this interview, he'll give me a cookie. I don't know if the people accepted defeat in Afghanistan a long time ago. Well, look what we were being told. What we were being told is, we got this. What we were being told is, is that the Afghans can handle this. General Mark Milley, I mean, we were just talking about this. General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, saying that the Afghan forces are prepared. You just heard Joe Biden saying the Afghan forces are prepared. So what were the American people accepting? Brian Stelter is a low-rent, anti-intellectual fool. Fool. And as for the people who want to blame the Trump administration, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Uh, he should be less focused on trying to uh, blame this on someone else than to solving the problem of making sure that we protect and defend American security. Chris, it's worth noting, this did not happen on our watch. We reduced our forces significantly, and the Taliban didn't advance on capitals all across Afghanistan. So it's just a, a plain old fact that this is happening under the Biden administration's leadership now, almost a quarter of a way into his first term. This is, this is not the way leaders lead by pointing backwards. We had a bad deal we inherited, the JCPOA. We got out of it. We secured America from the risk from Iran. We inherited a horrible deal in Syria where ISIS controlled real estate the size of Great Britain. We crushed them. Every president confronts challenges. This president confronted a challenge in Afghanistan. He has utterly failed to protect the American people from this challenge. And that's how you handle the people who want to say, well, the Trump administration, because they're, they're, they're garbage. And what Brian Salter saying is garbage. I think there are going to be people who rationally say we shouldn't be there anymore and will look at Senator Ben Sass's commentary and say no. Even a, uh, a small footprint or a light footprint isn't what we want. That isn't what we are. We should be against this idea of foreign entanglements. We spent years teaching the Afghans and we gave them the hardware. And at the first moment, they collapsed, and they surrendered, and they gave up. I still think that we have a responsibility to all those who helped, all of those who supported the U.S. military, because you got to stand up for your word. Now, wasn't this the uh, uh, conversation in, in, in Syria? Wasn't this the conversation? Oh, it wasn't with the the Yazidi, right? It wasn't with uh, the 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 Yazidi that we're talking about. I'm forgetting the 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 group. 
It was with the Kurds. Thank you. But there are different there are different groups and different sects and different everything else. And the idea that we made these deals. Actually, I don't think it was the Kurds. I can't believe I can't believe I'm having this. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was the Kurdish forces. Because there were different segments and different groups of Kurds. And some we had deals with and some we didn't. But, oh my gosh, Trump wants to pull out of Syria, and look what he's going to do, leaving the Kurds to die, and look how the Turks are moving in. Well, we didn't pull out completely. And what did we say at the time? I guess Trump learned that you can't pull out completely. Trump wanted to pull out completely, couldn't pull out completely, didn't pull out completely when he saw what was about to happen. We talked about it in real time. But I can remember clearly all of these people discussing how how dangerous this was and how Trump was terrible and leaving these people he made a deal with behind. Where's that conversation about all these people who helped, uh, all these Afghans who helped U.S. troops? Where are those people? Where are those conversations? It's a legitimate question. It's a valuable question. And yes, Biden could have handled this any way he wanted to, he chose to handle it in the most haphazard way humanly possible. He can't lead. He doesn't know how to lead. He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a strategy. He doesn't have adults in charge. He doesn't. What are we kidding ourselves for? Why are we pretending otherwise? This is failure. Beginning to end, this is failure. Why shouldn't we say so? Because uh, we, we've got a, 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 a leadership that, that, that says, uh, or, you know, or, or a, a media that says, oh, it's Biden, you know, we, we got to protect him. No, 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 no. I will not listen to anybody tell me that this is the fault of Trump. I just won't have it. But the fallout from this is something we're going to have to pay attention to. What is what is uh, Biden going to say at 345? Hell if I know. But I'll be listening. I will be listening. I'm t- earthquake in Haiti. You've got 1,300 people dead. And that number is going to come up. And then you've got, I think it's Tropical Depression Grace that is just going to rain all over the area and create flooding. It's just horrible. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I mean, it's... Uh, how how could you not feel bad? Uh, the the constant destruction. They just had their president assassinated in in, in a coup uh, there. This is the second earthquake in eleven twelve years, and I'm I'm looking for the organizations 
that are really doing the job in in helping people because you can't just give the money to just anybody. It's, it's hard to know who to trust. So I'm looking for trustworthy organizations that can that can help. I I would remind uh, people again: uh, don't give to the Clinton Fund. They're just going to take the money for themselves. What's going on in Haiti is absolutely positively awful. Uh, and then there was this story that the CEO of Snopes.com has acknowledged plagiarism. He himself plagiarizing from dozens of articles, calling it a serious lapse in judgment. Over 50 articles, he lifted material from the LA Times, The Guardian, and others to get web traffic. Now, uh, what is Snopes? Snopes is a site that's dedicated to uh, fact-checking. It was this husband and wife team with absolutely no skills whatsoever, but they just hit, and they're leftists. They're radicals in, in, in their own right. They don't know what in the world they're doing. Snopes can't be trusted. As a matter of fact, they got divorced. She sold her shares, but he refuses to sell his, and he's still in charge. I didn't come from a journalism background, so no crap. I wasn't used to doing news aggregation. A number of times I crossed the line to where it was copyright infringement. I own that. Well, no, no, somebody else owned that, and you stole that. (laughs) That's how that one works. They've gotten Webby Awards. That's awards they give on the web for people who are ideologically like-minded. Producer Ari and I are never going to win a Webby. Well, he might. Yeah, I I was going to say, don't knock me out yet. Yeah, you ain't out yet. That's right. That that is that is right. BuzzFeed News flag stories uh, from the New York Times, CNN, NBC News, and BBC. And this guy was writing under uh, pseudonyms and under Snope staff, as if somehow they you know they have any kind of staff. So the the fact checkers were stealing. Well, how do I know they were stealing the right information? And this is a group that Facebook uses to make sure we are, are, are doing the right things, saying the right things. This is, why, this is why there's no faith in it. No faith in it whatsoever. Now, I spoke with Dr. Jennifer Barker, who is the medical director for an emergency department right here in Indianapolis about what they're seeing with kids and COVID and RSV. You got to hear it to understand what's happening. That's up next.